Disrupting Japan, Episode 33. Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening. Most large Japanese corporations lost their innovative edge a long time ago. But the good news is that many of them realize this and that they're trying to get it back. Some of them are looking to startups for business and product ideas, and this kind of open innovation holds great potential in Japan. We're still at the very early stages, but Ajichi Sorato of Crew thinks that open innovation programs will not only take off, but will be fundamental in turning the Japanese economy around. He's so certain of it, in fact, that last year, against all of his investors' wishes and most of his advisors' advice, he pivoted his company from one focusing on startup funding and services to one focusing exclusively on open innovation. It's a bet that's now paying off as he sees his customer base growing, and they've just closed another $3 million round of financing. In fact, his biggest concern now is that if Crew continues to succeed at this pace, he'll soon be out of a job. Huh. But I'm getting ahead of our story. And it's best if you hear it directly from Serato. So let's get right to the interview. We're sitting here with Ijichi Serato of Crew. Yes. And thanks for sitting down with us. Thank you, Tim. Pleasure to have you. So Crew launched in 2012. Mm-hmm. And as I understand it, your mission is to help promote startups in Japan in general and to work with larger companies for open innovation and trying to get them to work with startups. Is that about right? Yes, sir. Okay, but I think you can probably explain it much better than I can. So why don't you explain <laughs> a bit about what you okay. do at Crew? Basically, it's just... Uh... As you explained, yeah, but uh, the thing is, uh, I was in the U.S., you know, when I was 16, and I went to, like, uh, high school there, went to university there, and I found my first company there, 2005 or something, right? So how old were you when you started your first company? 21. 21, so still in college? Right. What what did that company do? Uh, With marketing. All right. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I was in college, and, you know, studying and do the startup at the same time. And oh, all right. Yeah, and 2009, I made a web service online shopping mall for, uh, like, Japanese, you know, products selling to the overseas and stuff. Oh, okay. Right. And we made the platform in 2009. 2010, we got... Uh, successfully acquired by a larger company and I just found a website it's called AngelList right right and I found that was really uh, what you know needed I guess need to hear in Japan yeah uh-huh. I mean uh, I, when I came back like uh, I found like sort of community here in Roppongi or Shibuya there is a small community there you know I thought like the website like AngelList is really needed here in Japan. So your, your initial vision was the AngelList of Japan. Right. How did that go? First place, like I just made an HTML mock-up 
and I just talked with uh, one guy from uh, venture capital. I talked with him and uh, just and uh, that was like first time meeting. But uh, in five minutes, I got three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. And actually, I find that very encouraging okay. because. It seems to me that back in 2012, 2011, the、mm. idea of AngelList in Japan would seem really surprising to a lot of Japanese investors. Yeah, for sure. What happened with that? Okay, so after we got funded, then、uh, we started our service in August 2012 or something.、Yeah? In the first week, we got 150 startups registered to our website, and that was pretty big,、yeah. you know, considered to size of. Japanese, so that that at that time that would have been most of them. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right. And we have like fifty to hundred like investors. But the thing is,、um, you know, people sending messages to、uh, you know, investors and get appointment and stuff, and they start you know meeting. But there is no way we could track like. Oh, I see. So most of the investment it was more. Of an introduction service, right? I mean, AngelList in 2012 was just like that. Like、oh, okay. Just meeting the investor and send him message and to meet. So, the investments were being made, but they were being made around, behind the platform instead of on the platform. Ah,、uh, yeah. Well, that makes、so. it hard to make money. Right. <laughs> We weren't sure, you know, if the, any of the investment is made. You know,、well, there is no way we could track. In the first year, we have like. Seven hundred startups registered. Then I just realized what we really need in this community is not investors from venture capital. So because of that, you you decided to to pivot the focus towards open innovation. Right. If you think about it, this is the only way it makes sense. Yeah. In Silicon Valley, I know the angel investors are really it's the one of the most important figure in the ecosystem. But here in Japan, we, I think we are lacking the、uh, people to incubate those entrepreneurs to、uh, those kind of stage. Okay, that's one of the, the the most of the venture capitals in the U.S. They are entrepreneurs. They were entrepreneurs before. That's true.、Mm-hmm. But here in Japan, the most of venture capitalists coming from bank. Yep. And from finance, from very good universities, right? MBAs, but no real world experience at all. Former entrepreneurs who have successful experience turn into the investor. I think that's what we need here in Japan.、Right? I think so too. I, I think right now we're seeing the first generation、mm. of that. So、Maybe. San Francisco, I think they've been through like seven or eight generations、right. of like successful people helping the next.、Right. But I think right now in Japan we're, we're seeing the very first generation,、mm-hmm. and it's. I think it's a very positive sign. Yeah. So, who is gonna accelerate、uh, startup growth in the Silicon Valley? It should be venture capital. Here in Japan, who is gonna do that? And who has the most resources to help Japanese startup, big companies, corporations, enterprises? Okay, that's how it works.、Eh? And the reason、uh, we don't have、uh, many entrepreneurs. Investors here in Japan is we don't have enough exit here, right? Right. Companies are very, still very rare, right? And, and yeah, IPOs tend to be small, <laughs> right? So we need a more M and A. I, I want to talk a lot about M and A and and this, but before I want to talk a little bit more about your your community platform.、Mm. So yeah, right now we are doing the Toyota 
Info Technology Center. So, instead of focusing on connecting startups to venture capital, you pivoted to focus to connecting startups with big corporations. Yes. Um, so you've had over 30 corporate clients with over a hundred different uh, ideas from startups incorporated. Mm-hmm. So you've got some solid successes under your belt now. Can you give our listeners an example of, a, of like a case study? What, what was one of the more successful projects? One company actually acquired a startup through this collaboration oh, program. So I think that's the most promising result here. Can you give me the, the details of how it worked out? Did they start working together on a small project? Was it a, a hackathon? What we do here is it's called crew collaboration. And this is three months program. Okay. And using the online. So h- how does the program work? Is it a okay, like an accelerator? Is it a call for proposals? Okay, uh, let's say Toyota uh, provides resource they can open up to the startups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this information goes all to you know one thousand eight hundred startups, and now they can just apply like using any kind of resource and connecting with their unique service. So the client customer says, "We have this problem we're trying to solve." Okay, but it's not really a problem solving. Uh, just open up their resources, and they're just waiting for any kind of idea. So what are the companies looking for? Are they looking for new products? Are they looking for just getting connected and working with startups? The both, I think. They, they, they are looking for new products and they want to create a new business, but they don't know how. No one, no startup uh, proposes making new car or something. You know? right, right. Okay, Toyota is doing that for the last decades. Toyota knows how to make yeah. cars. They, right. <laughs> they've got that down. Yeah, but the thing is, um, then... What about the time you are not in the car, you know? I mean, how Toyota can do business other than selling the cars? So the, the client companies are coming in with very open minds. Right. There's new ideas. Mm-hmm. I've got to say that's, that's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> and I've, I've worked with a lot of big Japanese companies. And yeah. Open-minded is not usually what I, the first thing I think of when I'm talking right. about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Everyone say that. Actually, you know, when I started this kind of service in three years ago, our venture capitals and you know our investors uh, stop us doing that. They stop were against us from it. doing that. Yeah. Why did they think there'd just be no interest? Uh, that's right. And I mean, they didn't think uh, it could be a business. Huh? You know? I mean, no one believes that uh, Japanese big companies change their minds to you know work, start working with uh, startups. Well. You know? From my own experience, every large Japanese company has a small team that mm-hmm. is focused on researching startups and talking about startups. Uh-huh. Most Japanese companies want to talk to startups and talk about startups, mm. but it seems there's still a big gap between really working together. Right. Why do you think that is? Let's, let's talk about that. Okay. What is the biggest problem that big companies have with working with startups and what's the biggest problems that like small companies have with working with big companies? The first one is really easy. Uh, I think it's creditability. Big companies don't see small companies as credible? Never. 
Mm. I mean, that's a tradition, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's say uh, they have like million customer base. Collaboration means that uh, Toyota using the startup service to throwing out to those, you know, one million customer base. And if the product has something wrong, some problem, then it's going to be uh, jeopardize Toyota's credibility as well. Right. Startups by nature want to change things fast and try different things.、Mm. And if it doesn't work, we'll fix it later. Right. <laughs> and that that is great for innovation. Right. But I could also see why a company like、uh, Toyota would be very worried about、mm-hmm. using technology like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they see startup service as a risk.、Mm. You know, that's at the same time there is no choice for big companies not to work with startups. There is、mm, no so, choice,、too. you know. It's really a balance. They they see risk, but they see the benefit at the same time. So, so far you've had over a hundred ideas from startups that have been integrated into your client's product line. Or how many of those times evolved into like a real long-term relationship or an M and A or? Well, okay.、Uh, let me explain how it works. I mean, this is a three-month project, right? Right. And.、Uh, And after that,、uh, in online, big companies and startup can start brainstorming. They don't have to meet for three weeks. After that, big company choose which one to do the presentation in front of them. Oh, okay. Okay. So like a second round. Right.、Hmm. So let's say five startups got to choose. They go to to Toyota's headquarters or whatever. Right. After that, they finally get to choose. Now, are the company on the startup side? Are these、mm. companies introducing their products that they already have, or、right. are they kind of saying, "Hey, here's some new idea that we could build for you"? Ah, no, 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 we don't do that. So it's it's all existing products, existing、yeah. companies. I mean, we are helping out the startups, you know, not the big companies. Well, well, well I mean, we are helping big companies.、Yeah. <laughs> But the thing is,、uh, we don't like. This is a really interesting point because traditionally. Large Japanese companies had a very strict supply chain.、Mm-hmm. So if、right. you were if you were in Toyota's supply chain, you didn't sell to Honda. <laughs> right. Is that changing now? Are are these companies willing to work with small startups that are also working with their competition, or is that something that the big companies are still worried about? So if they want to hold the startups and. Don't want to go to their competitors and stuff. Then there is no choice. Yeah, I mean, are these large companies starting to accept that situation as the new normal, as the new way、um, things are? Yeah,、uh, yeah. I mean, if, I mean,、uh, if they want to hold the startup, they often decide to do the investment so that they can monitor and stuff. Let, let's talk about. Open innovation in Japan in general.、Mm, okay. I, I think we both think this is so important for Japan to survive and continue to be an economic power for the next fifty hundred years. Yes, sir. What do you think are the most important things that a startup can do to make themselves friendly to enterprises? Enterprises, they don't have imagination. I mean, they do, but they don't.、Uh, they, I mean, they cannot really understand what the startup service means. You know, what we do here. Okay, so many companies holding the events, like meet up events, right? Right, right. Like a startup and big companies, and nothing happened here. 
in a, like meetup events, there is no commitment, you know, either side, like sure. both sides. Startup don't have commitment, and big companies don't have commitment, right? So they say, oh, nice to meet you, let's do something in the future. Then of course, of course, it never happened, right? Yeah. Why our platform is working is we, we have commitment, you know, as a company, like, yeah. But the thing is, it's too unique and they cannot understand. So it's, there, it's too new? Yeah. For the, okay. Right. Uh, so it's just presentation, I mean, presenting their startup service to big companies. I mean. Oh, I see. So like the, the understanding gap is too big? Right. Okay. Then ah. what we do is the first month we educate uh, those big companies and you know, how the startup works and stuff like that. And after we got the commitment, they start providing resources and then startup propose along with those resources so that they can understand. Okay, so it's, it is... <laughs> That's how it it's, works. It's very, no, no, it makes sense. It's, it's like a, a introduction to, of the startup process slowly and safely to right. big companies. Yes, All right. but uh, yeah, let's say uh, crowdfunding. Yeah? They know what the crowdfunding is, but the thing is um, they don't know how they can do business with it, right? Right. So startups choose their resources and propose so that, uh, you know, like not just selling their product, but uh, using their resources to do something, you know, so that they can imagine how it works. Okay, so it's not just, not simply introducing a new product, it's, mm. it's working together, collaborating, right, and um, working through the project together. Right. Well, that makes sense. So that's actually building up that relationship, mm -hmm. which is so important here in Japan. Right. So they like bring uh, both sides, you know, the startup and the big companies bring their assets and work together. Right? Cool. And, and the typical project you said is three months? Three months. Three months. Okay, well that makes sense though. So we're talking about a more, it's not just introducing products, it's, it's building a relationship right. between big companies and small companies. Mm -hmm. First one month of our you know, sales activity is educating big companies to a startup ready. That's what we call it, startup ready. What, what do you teach the companies to get them startup ready? Oh, just forget about all traditional stuff they've been doing that for the last six years. Tough to teach them in one month. Yeah, I think I know, it's I know, a yeah. but uh, oh no no. I'm so like we are running tech school so that uh, one person from big companies can participate and form thirty people in one class. Okay. All right. And entrepreneurs come to the class and teach you know how the startup works and how you know. The so these are actual well. classroom sessions that you're giving to to employees of large companies, right? Taught by startup founders. Right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, um, I mean, this is really helping, you know, because um, this is a community, you know. All right. The startup founders are just telling their own personal stories, or? and like so those kind of entrepreneurs who already working with big companies and stuff, telling the big companies how to work with the startups. All right. We just started six months ago, so 480 people participating in this school for hmm. the last six months. Pretty good. I, I'm very impressed and kind of happy to see how interested large Japanese companies have become in startups and open innovation. Mm -hmm. It's still very, very early here. Yeah. One of the things I think is really missing in Japan for mm -hmm. the startup community 
So right now there's a lot of talented engineers in Japan. Right. But there's a real shortage of experienced senior managers. Someone who's working for Toyota or Mitsubishi, mm -hmm. it's really hard to get them to leave and work with a startup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you see that changing or do you think that's going to pretty much stay that way? really changing. Is it? Yeah. I mean, my friends, they are startups, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they hire like people from big companies and they, yeah, I mean. So even like senior yeah. managers from these companies are, are, oh, are leaving to work with sometimes. startups? Sometimes, yes, yes. All right. yes. oh, but it's not. That would have been unthinkable 20 years ago. Yeah, for sure, right? People would have wondered like what he did to get kicked out of the company. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, Terra Motors is one of them too. Yeah. I think it's changing, but still, it's so minority for sure, right? Well, mm. that's true, but it's, it's first steps. First step, yes. And right now, we don't, we don't have that many startups here anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's really getting easier, uh, nice, better environment for startups. I think one of the mistakes a lot of people in Japan make mm. when looking at the startup community is comparing it to Silicon Valley. Mm. We don't have enough M&A, we don't have enough venture capital, and that might be true. Mm. But I think that the successful model in Japan mm. might look very different from America. Mm -hmm. Do you think that open innovation in Japan will become a much bigger force for innovation than it has, say, in the US? We, we started like this open innovation three years ago, right? But two years ago, the, pretty much the same model was made in the U.S. Well, it's similar. I think the company in the U.S. most successful is probably Techstars, True. right? Yeah, they, 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 they just started accelerating program, programming with uh, mm. Disney and stuff like that. But it, it, it's so funny. It's amazing to me mm. to look at Japanese technology companies. In the, 70, the 60s, 70s, and 80s were just world leaders in innovation. Right. And now... Did you see that? Who was it? It was Panasonic's new little robot-shaped phone. Sharp, that was maybe? Sharp. Sharp. Yeah, it was Sharp's mm. little robot-shaped phone. And yeah. it's like, that is not innovation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They need to reach out outside of their own companies. Mm. Why do you think Japanese companies, who used to be so innovative and so global, have become so, so siloed, so... so um, just so bad at what they do. Mm. What, why do you, what do you think happened? I think they just became too big. I mean, they have so much stuff to uh, protect compared to Japanese startups. Yeah. So you think it's just the internal politics is preventing oh, yeah. anyone from doing anything innovative? Right, and but uh, those culture keeping a uh, company in the safe way, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it is very hard for them to kind of change direction <laughs> right now. Right, right. So that the open innovation is the only way for a big company to grow. To innovate, grow, to grow. Innovate. Yeah. Yeah. Do they realize that yet? <laughs> I, mean, I know your customers do. do. Yeah, 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 some do. But I think uh, more, more, more and more companies uh, do realize the circumstance they are in. They know that uh, they, they have to change, but they cannot. If open innovation is truly a way to let Japanese companies innovate, that's wonderful and leads to uh, increased M&A, that's fantastic. One thing I'm curious about, I've been through, one of my companies was acquired by a large Japanese company. Cool. Yeah. I've got to say that Japanese companies are not good at integrating the companies that they've acquired. Yep. 
but there's very much a feeling that the acquiring company is the victor mm. and the the company they bought has been like defeated somehow. I see. Have you seen that in the the early stage M&As that you've seen? Uh, I think in uh, as we say it's in really in a first step right now, yeah. you know. All companies need to learn how it goes, you know. With the post March integration, big companies will fail for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean uh, so yeah. they just don't have enough experience with that integration. Yes, yeah. yes. Anyone need to learn. But uh, I think it's getting better and better, though. I mean, I guess you're right. Mm. They, they've got so little experience in it, they have to do it badly a few times before they figure out how to right. do it correctly. Right. I find it interesting, this, um, your structure of having the companies work together mm. for three months or so. All kinds of approaches people have taken to open innovation. There's hackathons, mm. there's the corporate incubators, there's the, the general call mm. for solutions. Have you tried these other models or do these other models also work in Japan? Oh, I think ours is, is the best. Well, <laughs> no, I mean... The, uh, but no, it's, it's interesting because like hackathons are really big in the mm. U.S. Mm. It's a way to get... Um, large companies get to ex expose to what can be done with their technology, new ideas. Right. But they don't seem to be very successful here in Japan. Mm. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I think there is no commitment. The commitment again? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for the first of all, not serious people going to uh, uh, hackathon. In the U.S. and other places, all the serious uh, entrepreneurs or serious startup even uh, registered and go to the hackathon. And mm -hmm. But here in Japan, students or you know, like people working for different companies and doing, you know, using the spare time to go to the hackathon and stuff. I, I don't really... So, so is the problem that the companies don't take the participants seriously or is the problem that the people who participate in hackathons aren't that highly skilled to deliver really... I think it's both. Both of them? Yeah. Okay. You know, but still, idea is great, you know. Some idea is so great from students or from anyone. Yeah, right? yeah. But the thing is, uh, after the, the great idea came up, there's no one want to proceed in the big companies. Oh, okay. So That's that a really good there's point. There's no so, outcome. <laughs> so on the one hand, the, even if you get a brilliant student who mm. comes with a great idea, he's going to go back to school. Right. And the company can't build it themselves. Right. So there's no real value produced. Right. But uh, on the other hand, at the startup doing the things really seriously, right? Right. The big companies are always facing the same problem. Who's going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. This is great. I think we're both looking at the beginning of trends for open innovation where everything's mm. going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, if you look ahead 10 years from now, mm. do you think Japanese companies will have figured out how to work with startups directly by themselves or will they still need crew to get in the middle and, and make sure everyone plays nice together. I know in 10 years, after 10 years, I think they know how to treat startups. So, so you, you will be a victim of your own success. Yes. <laughs> well, this is our just beginning yeah. of our business. So it's, this is not the goal. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those difficult situations where you know what you want, you know what is best for mm -hmm. everybody, mm -hmm. right? Right. Let me ask you 
If I gave you a magic wand and said you could change one thing about Japan to make it easier for large companies to work with startups,、hmm. what would you change? The one thing that I can change, well, big company's evaluation system. I think this is the biggest problem. So the evaluation、yeah. for products, for vendors, for employees.、Uh, employees. Oh, for employees. Yes, yes. How would you like it to change? Well, I think right now,、uh, people taking risk is not evaluated well. Ah. Right. The person from big companies only、uh, work work hard. I mean, let's say、um, the board members of the big companies saying we gotta do something new. You know. To survive this, so they made like new department, like innovation department, new、oh, business、yeah. department, whatever, right? Yeah. And they placed people right there, and five or ten people there. But the thing is,、um, they don't have a specific order, right? So the, those ten people don't know what's going on. I mean, they know what to do, right? And they're usually career employees, right? right. They don't know how to innovate, right? Yeah. They struggle and they. Try to something new, but、uh, if they fail, I mean, their evaluation is so messed, so they cannot even take a risk. Well, this is true. In, in Japan, corporate evaluations kind of work on the the minus point system.、Mm -hmm. Doing a good job, you don't get any points, but、right. you lose points for doing a a bad job. Right, that's for sure. Yeah. Well,、uh, what I believe here, open innovation. We need good entrepreneurs, but、uh, we need good entrepreneurs as well. For sure, right? Yeah. Well, that's the only way the corporate culture is going to change. Right, and then those entrepreneurs needs to have a passion, but they oftentimes they have to take their own risk. The person's evaluation goes just messed up, and you know, I mean, I think this is the biggest problem. So that I could see that. So they that, cannot take a risk. Yeah. So they're being told to be innovative, but they're being evaluated as. As if they、normal. were just <laughs>、right. part of the normal chain of command. Right, right, and this is really double standard, and I think it's really stopping those big companies and startup work, working together. Listen, this has been a great discussion. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to talk about? I don't know. I think, as you said, right now it's、um, just trend is starting. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are in the middle of. Something right now. Well, I think、so. Japan is going to be a very good and very different place、mm. in ten years. Oh yeah, for sure. It'll、and、be something to look forward to when we're both around. Right, and we are hoping that we can play a big role in、uh, those big changes. I'm hoping so too. Hey, listen, thanks so much for sitting down. Thank you, Tim. And we're back. Sorato's take on open innovation is an interesting one. Every year, there are more and more angel investors and entrepreneurs who turn investors in Japan, but it's nowhere near the levels we see in the West. I think it's very possible that open innovation programs in Japan could end up filling much of the role that venture capital plays in the U.S. I also found it fascinating that so much of Cruise's open innovation activities have very little to do with technology and products. But are instead focused on education and setting up frameworks to enable trust to develop between enterprises and startups. After all, business is very personal in Japan. The early, although limited, success of Cruise and other open innovation programs here in Japan is encouraging. Over the next few years, 
we'll start to see if it turns out to be just another corporate fad or something truly transformational. If you're a startup with a surprising story about working with a large Japanese corporation, or if you work at a large corporation and have some surprising stories to tell about working with startups, we'd love to hear about it. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show033 and let us know what you think. And when you drop by, you'll find all the links and sites that Sorato and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.